for those just starting out, to those who built their reputation. In the detail industry, navigating the course is a daily grind. This is Play-by-Play with industry professionals tackling topics and offering tips to help improve your game plan. Now, here's your Play-by-Play. All right, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Play by Play. My boy Ron. What's going on, man? And today we got a hell of a show for you. We got uh, one of the most distinguished gentlemen in the detailing industry, second to probably me. Oh, 100%, but you're nah, not quite as nah, sharply dressed. No, but, not. But, no, yeah, you know, the, the black polo and the gray shorts every day probably don't set me uh, aside from the rest. Of it. But, um, but, anyways, no, this guy's always dressed to impress, looking just as sharp as ever. Um, and he's also very, very smart. He brings a lot of talent and uh, skills and knowledge to our industry, and um, Ivan LaCroix will be on. We'll be bringing him on in just a little bit. That's right, man. I feel like I should be wearing a bow tie or maybe a, an ascot or something just so I can fancy about, it up a little bit. What about one of those things that... Uh, oh, bolo know, ties. Bolo ties. Like. See, that's what I want to wear. All right, I'm going to get you one for your birthday. Yeah, do that. Do that. Definitely, man. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, indeed. So we got uh, we got Ivan on to the show <laughs> yeah. today, and uh, it's going to be a great. And don't forget, you know, today we also are going to be bringing you a hacker hack that ah. you can't miss. Okay, um, okay. What's it about? Are well, you? Are you? We want to wait to tell well, me. Well, no, I'm just going to let you know that okay. some. Uh, some uh, we're gonna try to put a little bit of money back in your pocket. This okay, is something a lot of the new guys might not know, and yeah. uh, you're just gonna have to stick around to the end to find out. These hacks are always uh, they're always intriguing. Uh, I, I like I like what we're doing there. It's always fun. Uh, but look, but before we get to the, all that, before we get to hacker hack and Ivan. Uh, we want to talk about something that's going to be relevant in a lot of the detailers' uh, worlds, and that is um, the conference that's coming up, the SDC. And what we want to talk about is, uh, you know, when you go to these conferences, we've talked about it a few times before, is to kind of, you know, what to expect out of it and what you should do, like, to get the most bang for your buck. Right. You know, you're, you're, you're traveling up there, you're taking off work, chances are, you're paying for the... You know, hotel, the travel, and all that stuff. So you got money invested in it. Yep. How do you go get that money back out of it? And what should you do while you're there? Oh, are you asking me? Was that a question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I was there last year. So yeah. I mean, that's uh, me passing the mic, Brian. Uh, I like <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, so you know, we we uh, last year we were there. Um, the training classes I think are going to be done a little bit different this year. Yes, they are. Um, and so you know, first you got to attend those training classes. I mean, it's just yeah. you've got so many people and so much knowledge just packed into that. You know that area and so i mean you'd be missing out for yeah the, the trainings are huge i mean you have like you you have basically in one building a, a little you know a snippet of of all across the industry right. so like if you if you're really you know needing to work on your business skills or you're needing to work on your gel coat repair skill or whatever you know there's there's literally a class for everybody right so that's where you start right you mm-hmm. go take these classes you sign up for them uh you go in there i think they're usually well they're usually an hour long so mm-hmm. it's not you know, you're not sitting in class taking notes for hours on end. I mean, you're in there. You're learning about what specifically you're interested in. Exactly. And then you're on to the next one. Right. So that's huge, right? Absolutely. Uh, then you get into the show. Yeah, no, I was going to say, once you get into the show, right, you got all of your your um, different, I would say, providers. Yeah, uh, suppliers, all your vendors, suppliers. Suppliers, yeah. There we go. You yeah, know? yeah. And, and that's what we're called, right? Yeah, that's what yeah. we are. We're, we're supplier. suppliers. Yeah. Indeed. We're a supplier of software. Uh, pieces of now can player. be found on AutoGeek. That's by the correct. Way. Check us out. A little shameless plug. <laughs> shameless plug. <laughs> yeah. uh, but man, actually getting to meet um, other detailers uh, uh-huh. there, as well as just the people that are behind the products, and we're talking about we. That means we've met some awesome people. Oh man, we have. We have. I mean, that's really where like um, I was able to find people in our industry because when you're when you're detailing, it's so easy to feel like you know you're the only one that does this thing. You get isolated. You're trapped in your shop or you know, in your local hometown and like you just, it doesn't seem that big, but you go to one of these events and you see, you know, a few thousand other people that do exactly what you do, that struggle the same way you struggle, that fight the same fights you fight. You're, you know, it's, 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 um, it's motivating. Absolutely. And the Southern Detailers Conference is a hundred percent detailing. Yes. You know? Yeah. And that's, and I think that's the only conference, um, that's, you know, a bigger conference like this that is specific to detailing. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. 
to, to have all those people in one place. Now, a lot of these guys, you know, they tend to watch. Well, of course, we're going to watch YouTube videos when we first start out. We're going to start, oh, yeah. you know, getting knowledge any way we can. And, of course, you see these people on Facebook, and, you know, it, it's almost like an, you idolize them a little bit, right? Because they, they're up here on this level. Yeah, I um, can't relate. You can't? Oh, yeah. see, every time I watch our podcast, you know, <laughs> no, you're, you're, but you're absolutely right. right. You, you see these people that you've put on maybe a pedestal. Sure. And now you're in front of them. Yeah. Now you're you're shaking hands with them. You're meeting them. And listen, guys, they're human. They're just like me and you. Um, yeah. And so you're able to talk to them one on one and really um, humanize that you know that experience or that that person that that you have somewhat kind of like you said idolized. And it's and it's really cool to see how you know down to earth most of these guys are, 100%. guys and girls um, are. And I think that it's a it's a great way to start networking within our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and listen, if you're shy, if you're uh, an introvert, right? You know, it, you can kind of do this thing at your own pace. Sure. You know, you walk around from booth to booth. You don't have to be like Mr. Popularity there. Mm-hmm. You can go ex- have the experience, and and really not have to be that involved because each booth offers its own little thing. You right. can go around there and kind of. You know, just ease through the show at your own pace, but still get all the value out of it. I always think of um, Chris Wilkins from So Fresh and So Clean. Yeah, uh, clean. La- last clean. <laughs> last of uh, SDC. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you remember. That man was was on a mission. He hit up every single oh, dude, he was. He took yeah. in every bit of knowledge. I mean, he was... He I, he was uh, just a sponge absorbing everything he could like you know get get his hands he, on. He was a man. He uh, he actually won Mobile Detailer of the Year. Yep, sure did. Um, last year and dude, he was uh, I mean, you want to talk about cool? Now he's a cool yeah, guy. No I mean, doubt. he went up there and he had his watch on and the shoes on and you know just he was distinguished. I guarantee yeah. uh, a different distinguished than Ivan, but definitely yeah, distinguished. That's right. Yeah. yeah, and he won't he won't uh, he won't let us down this year either. I'm sure he's going to come completely flossed out. And there yeah. was a moment where I saw you. Uh, kind of, kind of, you know, fanboy out a little bit. You, oh, really? Yeah, you tapped me and you said, "Hey, look, that's Mike Phillips." And he's uh, like, hey, "Oh man!" I was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 I did. It, it was I great. Did. It was great to see that because you know. Well, and I mean, listen, let's be real. Like a lot of these guys, like if you've been detailing, especially eight or ten, twelve years ago, when there wasn't that many trainings and like there wasn't as much information at your fingertips as there is now. You look to people like Mike Phillips that were writing these forums and things and had some YouTube videos going, and that's where you got your information from. Right. So they like they you literally put them on a shelf, right. like on a pedestal, sure. because like you're like, oh my, oh yeah, they they have problems getting the stain out of the carpet too. Like let's let's watch this, you know, and and so that's where that comes from. And when you finally get the chance to meet them, and you realize, hey, this guy's just you know just like me right. and you. It's really cool, but definitely, definitely, uh, you know, a little starstruck at first. Uh, I think we had him on our podcast. We did, that's yeah, that's yeah. Safe. Fortunately, I had like 46 Michelob Ultras and like 400 <laughs> shots of uh, uh, peanut butter whiskey. <laughs> so uh, I don't remember like seeing him at the table, but I know he was there. Oh, yeah, yeah. there's video evidence somewhere, I'm sure. That's right. That's right. And just listen, one thing don't forget to, you know, like when you're going up to these booths, make sure to tell them who you are and, and you know, like try to relate to them. Like you, you guys, I mean, especially at our booth, we remember the stories. We remember the like – the experience as well. It's it's, it's 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 just an experience for us as it is for everyone going oh, yeah. to the show as a participant because you know we're there as a, as a supplier as a vendor. That's right. And we're there to show the software, but we're there to have uh, you know this experience and learn about the you know everybody. It helps make us better in the industry, providers of software and just providers of information and helping out. So make sure that as you're coming up introducing yourself, tell us you know we want to hear your story. We want to hear like you know why you're there. Sure. And that that's engaging. That helps us understand, you know, how to make these shows that much better. And I I, I get it, guys. We are, you know, I can see why y'all hold us on a pedestal. Well, everybody's starstruck when they see you. Exactly. We're very approachable. I don't want you. I'll just have to get over that and jump on in there, introduce yourself. I can't wait. Ron only does autographs from what? What's the autograph times? Three minutes. He's really particular about how long he'll do. Two thirty a.m. to three. Yeah. Yeah. Usually. Usually, and he'll have someone else doing the signatures. Like yeah, just, I just supervise. Yeah, yeah okay. really, I don't even pay attention. Yeah, you just dot that. Yeah. Is there an I in your name? Yeah. All right, yeah. Ryan. So R-I-A-N. Were you in here earlier? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the guy at Chick-fil-A said, is that uh, Ryan with an I or a Y? <laughs> I said, Are you serious? I said, sir, I, No, I was not in here earlier. I like, I've been called, uh, you know, Ryan my whole entire life, and right. I've never met someone. Is that Ryan with an R or a K? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually the K silent. The K silent. Yes, it's K-R. K-R. Yeah, it's K-R. Right. So, 
right, well, listen. Yeah, back to the show, guys. We do talk about detailing. We can talk about software. But listen, uh, we have... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, we got uh, uh, Ivan coming on. Let's bring him on to the show. Let's talk let's about... Uh, let's, let's actually learn something today and stop uh, messing around. Uh-oh. Is, uh he, he may be on, but maybe we can't see him. Uh, Ivan, are you there? Okay, no problem. <laughs> Young guys and computers are about the same. Don't worry about it. We don't, we don't know what we're doing either. There you go. There he is. <laughs> What's going on, man? How are you doing? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Fantastic. So, uh, yeah, man, we're going great. Just ready to get this show going. Just wanted to talk about uh, something that's very obvious to most is I feel like you are one of the most distinguished uh, guys in our industry. Always dressed to impress. Always looking nice with the bow tie. Uh, Are you always this put together? (laughs) No. Yeah. Who I am and what I, you know, how I like to dress. So it's, not it's, trying to impress anyone, just uh, being myself. You said it's, since high school? That's been the look? Yes. Oh, man, wow. that's awesome. It's a great look on you. I, I, I love it. You know, I'm, uh, listen, my, my, um, my style or my fashion is minimal at best. Like I'm usually the least coolest person in the room, period. And so like I really look up to you guys that can pull this kind of stuff off. And like if that were in my closet, I would be like, I wouldn't even know where to start. <laughs> I'm like the black polo and gray shorts kind of guy. But but definitely well, recognizable. This is easy for me. You know, I just yeah. reach into the closet and reach into the drawer and mix and match. <laughs> perfect, That's so perfect. cool, man. So before we jump too much or too too far into it, uh, the Detailers Business Academy, we're going to talk about here in just a second, um, and and your influence on the industry. And so, can you give the listeners some background information on your thirty plus years in detailing and how you became the influencer that you are today? Well, I don't consider myself an influencer, so but thanks, anyways. <laughs> uh, and as far as the thirty plus years, it's actually forty plus years now. So, wow. Uh, I've been in the industry a little while, have done everything from developed products, working for chemical companies, working for tool companies, product companies, as well as running my own businesses, um, up up to and including a franchise operation with 26 locations. And currently I'm semi-retired, enjoying life, and just helping detailers become entrepreneurs. You know, and and that's awesome. So when I got into the detail uh, industry, it's been about uh, so it's been over ten years now. Um, I, kind of the same. Well, I don't know if the same mindset, but it's it was definitely business first. Um, I enjoyed detailing. I always cleaned my own detail, my own boats and cars and stuff. But I was I was starting a business. I mean, I didn't I, I didn't set out to be the best polisher in the world. I set out to you know to run a successful business. And I think that yeah. that's the opposite way that most detailers start uh, a lot of detailers start they they want to be you know they're, they're they're hey i love detailing this is what i want i want to be the best detailer around i want to be you know the best polisher around and i think that that you know creates a you know an issue sometimes when trying to teach someone how to grow the business versus how to you know be the best detailer um and i was yeah. just curious i, I feel like you kind of have the same take and, and use that in your detail in your academy to teach mm-hmm. the business side of things. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely. You know, anybody can polish a car, anybody can wash a car, everybody can clean an interior. Satisfying the customers is the hard part. And That's right. balancing that, you know, that customer satisfaction versus profitability versus your ego is where it really comes down to are you successful or not? And success does not mean monetary. Uh, right. you know, success yep. is whatever you want it to be. I had an employee that by giving him Friday afternoons off, that was the best thing I could have ever done for that employee. He wouldn't sure. have cared getting $20 an hour more. It was, right, I have my Fridays it. off so I can go to the races. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and I'm, I'm glad you bring that up because, you know, when we talk about success, and we talk about it a lot. 
it's it's not always about money. And 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 then for me, and I've said this numerous times, it, it's really nothing about money to me. It's about the the people that are around me all kind of growing and and coming up. And that's how I know that we're successful as our team grows out and right. up. Then I know yes. that we're doing things right, and it has nothing to do with what how much money's in the bank or. Um, you know, or, or any of that. It's literally just the come up of everybody around. So I think that's really cool. Exactly. Absolutely. And so now being in the industry for 40 years, all right, you've seen a lot of changes, I'm sure. Um, so when did the kind of idea for the, the, the academy come to you? And, and when did you just kind of recognize that there was this difference in, you know, the mentality of detailers? concentrating more on like you know the polishing aspect of it and and losing focus of the business part of it the losing focus of the business and becoming better polishers uh coincides with the opening of facebook and detailing groups and things like that Uh, yeah that's when the you know the egotistical part of it came up before everybody was in their own little corner they might have known the guy down the street or you know across across town but that was their only point of comparison now you have people taking spectacular pictures of maybe not so great work. Uh, yep. So, you know, it really ups the ante for a lot of people thinking they have to be this good or they have to have this much shine or gloss when it could have been a filter. It could have been the angle the picture was taken at. So <laughs> it, that's changed the industry a lot. Inversely, it's changed it for good as well. Uh, a lot more communication, a lot more understanding of what the industry is and what it can do the other big change that i that i've observed over the years is the addition of coatings before mm-hmm. ceramic coatings we would do a you know a polish and a wax and all that for 200 250 dollars and call it good now same amount of work but we're charging 1500 dollars or 2000 which makes it much better in our pocketbooks and makes detailers more into entrepreneurs or business owners because now they actually have some funds to build a business. And that's where we're seeing, you know, multi-million dollar shops and, um, you know, all the investments taking on and people owning their own land and owning their own shops, which to me is spectacular. Yeah, and, and I can definitely speak to that. So when I started, you know, and I had sold another business and I'd kind of gotten to this business as I'll do this thing and we'll see where it goes. But to do a two hundred or three hundred dollar job, like you, like that was like that was a great day, you know. Have a couple of those in the shop, and then mm-hmm. to go as coding started to come out, and and we realized that ticket prices were climbing, and we were able to charge professional rates. It was really an eye opening experience as to how this how big this business could really get. Um, but then there was the backlash of. And I think we've all experienced this of the bad marketing of ceramic coatings and what they would do, you know. And so we had to live through that era of over promising, so we can over or so we can uh, charge, you know, what we want. And so everybody was making these huge claims as to what these ceramic coatings would do. And then a year later, you have you know a, a hundred vehicles back in for their uh, f- coating failures because you told them that it would you know stop everything yeah. Yeah, in the world. <laughs> uh, so we had to live through that era as well. I'm sure you can speak to that. Huh? Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of the coating companies unfortunately don't manufacture their own product and don't do R and D. They're right. buying their white labeling, and they are going on the claims of the person that sold them the coating and right. just putting that forward. So. Unfortunately, that was a, shall we say, a poor start to the coding industry. It, but it was. we're over that. We're past that now. Uh, you know, companies have done their R and D. They know what they're talking about now, so it, it does make a difference. But yeah, the original claims of you know it's scratch proof. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, our the, idea the, as a the, detailer, the scratch proof is maybe a dry microfiber going over the surface. The customer's <laughs> right. idea of scratch proof is, hey, my F. My ex-wife went down the side of the car with the keys and it scratched. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, listen, I think that trainings have helped that a lot as they've evolved um, into teaching detailers, you know, what to claim, like how to sell the coding and then how to how to make it in layman's terms where the customer understands what they, you know, what they're getting or what they're paying for. And what it takes to keep that up if you're, you know, going to be offering a warranty, well, you're going to have to do your part uh, in order to maintain that warranty, proper maintenance, yeah, you know, it. get it in a regular schedule. Well, and, and, and you know, that one, so we, we were all facing with that, like, one shot wonder. You could get this vehicle in or boat in, and you charge them $1,500, $2,000, whatever it is, and you never see that vehicle again because you made all these claims. 
that's not the idea. That's not a very good business model. We want to see that vehicle regular um, as we were before mm-hmm. when we were waxing it. But we needed a we needed to understand how to sell that continuous maintenance and and so that all all of that has evolved into a very successful if you if you know how to sell the coatings that you're applying, it, it, it it's evolved especially for us into very successful. Um, but so one thing that I noticed or, or that I've heard is that you you've stated that you, you teach detailers to channel their passion for their craft into passion for entrepreneurship, and right. I absolutely love that. So where do you think that starts with a detailer? When they realize that they've worked 40, 60 hours in a week and they could have made more money working, you know, at McDonald's. Absolutely. Uh, So the passion sort of diminishes when you realize that, hey, this is, I enjoy doing it. It's fun. It's, you know, really what I want to do, but I still need to feed my family. And that's when the entrepreneurship starts, you know, budding and growing and thinking, wait a minute, there's other people that are making millions a year doing detailing why am I struggling to make ends meet? And uh, that's when they start investigating the other side. You know, the, the cost of entry to become a detailer is extremely low. You have a bucket, yep. you have some form of wash media and some soap, voila, you're a detailer. Uh, so the people aren't entering it with great business knowledge to begin with. Uh, I started it as a business. And you mentioned as well that you started it as a business venture. Absolutely. And that gave us a leg up on our competition that started as a passion thing. Now, I'm a passionate car guy. I've had over 60 cars so far and, you know, keeps growing. But uh, nonetheless, it's not where we make our money. It's not how you can retire. It's not how you can make investments, things like that. Sure. You know, and, and listen, like there's no better way to learn something like than have to learn, right? right? So if you're out there working, you got bills coming in and and you're doing all this work and you're barely scraping by or maybe not even making enough to pay the bills, like you got to figure it out. Right. Or either you're going right. to get, or, or get out of the business and go back to work for somebody else. And so, like, it's a very humbling and eye-opening experience to be at that point and go, okay, I'm working my butt off here and I still can't pay the power bill. Right. There's a problem. You know, where's yeah. the hole in the, where's the hole in the boat? And so, uh, you know, people like Ivan and, 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 you know, that can teach you how to go, okay, Here's what you need to be focused on. You know, you can be great, a great detailer, but you've got to be a businessman of to, at some level mm-hmm. in order to make this thing work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you know, working hard is the easy part. Hardly yeah. working is the hard part. Absolutely. You got absolutely. that nailed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on now. Wait a minute. What, did I, what was that? <laughs> so, I, you know, I get the pleasure uh, of seeing um, a lot of, you know, talking to a lot of detailers. And one thing that I have noticed is, Pricing is all over the place, and you know, it, it, yes, it's very you know regions have that their own, but I mean, there's guys out there that are literally taking anything that comes to them, you know, because they just they need the work, and then you have other guys that are you know just charging you know very high rates and and maybe not following up through with uh, your maintenance and everything. I mean, sure. it, it so what does what do you do or what what do you think that it you need to take into consideration when it comes to coming up with pricing for your services? Well, first of all, you need to figure out what your cost per hour is to run your business. And you can't go below that. Secondly, you know, go uh, go out to buy a Ford F-350. No matter where you buy it in the country, or we'll take a car that's all, all over the world, a Volkswagen Golf. Go out to buy a Volkswagen Golf. It's the same price everywhere. In fact, in some countries, a little more than others, but generally speaking, it's roughly the same price. Detailing should be the same way. When you go to your mechanic, it's you know pretty much $100, $120 an hour everywhere you go nowadays. And for detailers, it varies anywhere from $30 to $200 an hour. Yep. Meanwhile, the detailer that's in a shop-based situation has the same expenses as a mechanic or as a body shop. You know, the, the government, the, uh, the electrical utilities company doesn't go, oh, he's a detailer. We're going to charge him less per kilowatt hour. Absolutely. (laughs) Your insurance company, same thing. And if you're a detailer, you're probably paying more electricity than the mechanic because we actually have lights in our shops. So (laughs) there's a lot of things going on that detailers really need to experience what they're worth and figure out what they are worth. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of detailers, I did a, a training in Poland a couple of years ago actually five years ago now but 
there's like 50 detailers there and not one had a car that was worth more than maybe 20 or $25,000. But you ask them, what's the last five cars you did? And things like BMW, Maserati, Bentley, you know, Mercedes, uh, all come into play. And you ask them, well, what's the common denominator amongst your customers? And most of them realize that their customers are entrepreneurs. They own restaurants, they own hair salons, they own factories, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So as a detailer, you're also an entrepreneur. You should be charging the same amount of money to live the same lifestyle that your customers are. And you know, for us, our shop, uh, we're in a last shop I had, not depressed, but you know, not necessarily the richest area in the world. The average income was about 20,000 a year at that time. Wow. Customers coming into our shop to get coatings were driving Honda Civics and Ford Focuses and Volkswagen mm-hmm. Golfs, things like that. Meanwhile, my employees were driving BMWs and Mercedes. Why? Because I paid them well so that they could afford to buy a house. They could afford to send their kids to school. They sure. could afford everything they, they needed. And uh, I did that because I had efficiencies built into the company, but also the pricing was set up so that, yes, I could be profitable. That's right. You know, and I think a lot of detailers uh, let the customer dictate their worth. Like the, the de- and, and, and that's not the case. The customer doesn't know you. So, so when I, I, I cringe when I hear people say, well, well, the customer's not willing to pay that. Right. Okay, well, does the customer know how much it costs you to do this job? Like, so how can you rely on the customer to tell you what they're willing to pay? If they're not willing to pay what you need to charge, then that's not your customer. That's absolutely flat out, right. You know, and there's nothing exactly. wrong with that either. You know, there's nothing wrong with the customer not being a great fit for your company. Um, you just have to find that early in the game and not later. But um, Absolutely. So efficiency and profitability, those are topics that you mentioned in your sessions. Uh, why do you feel these two in particular are significant to detailers, efficiency and profitability? Well, first of all, efficiency breeds quality. The more efficient you are, the more systems you have in place, the higher quality you'll put out because you're repeating the same processes over and over. Right, right. You know, it gets better. As far as profitability goes, that is the key to proper customer service. If you are not profitable, you won't be there to serve your customer again when they need you. So you mm-hmm. need to be profitable. And n- like you mentioned, you know, nobody uh, negotiates a price with just about anybody else. You don't go to your mechanic and they say, oh, my sure. job is two ninety nine ninety five, and you go, yeah, but I only wanted to spend one fifty. No, nobody does that. <laughs> right. uh, and it should be the same with detailing. And I had a way uh, basically to thwart customers a little bit. When they would ask for a better price, let's say I quoted them 2500 for a job. And they say, well, can you give me a better price? Without missing a beat, of course, I'm willing to go up to 3,500. But more than that, I feel like I might be taking advantage of. It. <laughs> oh, that's and great. That stops negotiations right there. Basically, right. I know my worth, and it's not worth it for me to do a job that's under my cost of operations. Sure. If it costs me, you know, $100 an hour to operate my business, there's no way I'm going to do a job at $95 an hour. Now, yeah. bring me a job at $300 an hour, I'm all over it. But the, uh, you know, the the under my cost, I might as well sit at my desk and do marketing than right. actually do that job. Or, or bring my truck around and do it. If we're gonna, if it's gonna cost me money, let's do mine. <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly. Uh, but listen, your uh, your answer to negotiation is far better better than mine. Mine is always uh, so we have a list of services and this is what we're providing when we give an estimate. You know, we break it down, and they ask for you know, can you do it cheaper or whatever that you know may be. And I say, yeah, you know, which one of these services do you want to remove? And then I'll tell you exactly how much that'll knock off the the tab, you know. And then it kind yeah. of changes the mindset of, oh, I have to take less if I pay you less. And that's exactly. how we, you know, respond. Not, you know, we do it tactfully and gracefully, but but in a sense, we're saying, hey, what do we not need? What do you not want us to do here, so we can charge within your budget? And it usually yeah. stops that in its tracks. But I like the the higher price yeah. is the better price. Uh, I'm probably going to have to adopt that at some point. Yeah. 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 And, or, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, my, I, okay, fine. I'll go. Uh, so <laughs> I was going to say I tried that at the doctor's office the other day. I told him, "Hey, man, the guy across the street charges half that, and he he didn't um, he didn't he cut the wrong bill. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the the guy across the street charging half than what you do. That's great. Uh, McDonald's does not compete with Ruth Chris. That's right. You know, when, when Kia puts the Rio on sale, 
the sales team at the BMW dealership doesn't go into a huddle and saying, okay, we have to lower <laughs> the price of the seven series because the Rio is on sale. No, right. they're not competing against each other. They're both cars. They both have four wheels. They both get you from point A to point B, but one, the customer actually wants the other one is, yeah, they need it. Uh, so we shouldn't be competing with the car wash. The car wash can do an interior of 29.95 and be profitable all day long mm-hmm. yep. as a detailer we can't leave our desk for 29.95 and be profitable so that's where it really comes into play is understanding your worth and who you're competing with and your competition is you it's nobody else the guy down the street is not your competition you are no and and that's that's spot on that's exactly the take i have on it and i have a little quick story about the guy across the street and this became super real you know we always say the guy across the street when you're typically referring to somebody miles down the road well, I have a very large facility in our little local in our area here. Yeah, uh, we're on six and a half acres with a very large shop and all. But um, literally, a guy puts a detail shop across the street. Like, like if you, here's my shop, and right across the street is I don't I don't remember the name. Uh, uh, anyways, uh, something detailing, of course. Uh, and anyway, so so I come to the office and I have like five or six people of our staff come in that morning and say hey did you see there's a detail shop across the street they've opened a shop across the street and everybody's kind of like you know what do we do what do we do and i said well what do you mean what do we do like you know we're booked out for months and <laughs> like well let's help the guy you know like uh, let's, let's let's invite him over see if he needs some help you know and and uh yeah. and maybe pass some we actually back have had a software discussion with him as well yeah yeah we <laughs> talked about software with him and you know and it's funny like everybody kind of immediately went to that what do we do? And I said, well, it's no different than us being buddies with all the other detailers in the local area. We're going to be buddies with him. And uh, exactly. but needless to say, I think it was a poor business decision on his part because he, he didn't stay there long. I think he was there a couple months, mm-hmm. and then he's he, he's gone. Um, but, but, you know, I think that, you know, you, you, you hit it best when you said, you know, you're your own competition. That's it. We're not competing. There's there's more cars and boats and motorcycles and 18-wheelers than, than all of us can do combined. So, so there's no yep. shortage in the market. You know, if anything, there's a shortage of detailers and professional detailers. So to sit here and stress on a guy, the guy across the street is, is spinning wheels that don't need to be right. spent, spun. So, yeah. And you no. mentioned doing marketing from your desk. You're like, you know, it's, it's better to do that than actually, you know, yeah, go out there and do a job for 29 bucks. So with right. marketing, though, is that something that, you know, how, how do you see with detailers and the way that they're doing their marketing? Um, is there something that you you would advise them to do that would be a little bit more efficient or maybe make more sense to their customers? Yeah. Uh, first of all, stop marketing to other detailers. Yes. You no, know, we've all Please. we've all seen the video of the foam cannon shot, then the little brush on the emblem, and the polishing in an oblique angle with the you know the polisher up against the nose and all that. <laughs> yeah. To dubstep music, and it lasts three minutes, and they pour water on it at the end, right? All right. <laughs> No consumer has ever gone past the foam cannon shot on that. Now, mm-hmm. other detailers are sitting in front of their computer with a box of Kleenex, but <laughs> the the consumer is not. So, unfortunately, too many detailers are marketing to other detailers. They're not yeah. marketing to you know the there's their target audience. Make your post educational. The the ones I see and we've seen this you know too many times is. Here's a picture of a shiny car. And today's marketing is a picture of a shiny car. And look right. at that, another shiny car. Customers could care less. Make it engaging. And if you're making videos, 30 seconds, big max. Yep. Don't go past that. That's right. And that will get you going. Uh, other thing is Google. Now, we all, as business owners, we all get the call saying, hey, we can improve your Google ranking by whatever. Mm-hmm. No. Google will never call you, but you can call Google. And when you call Google and say, hey, I want help with my AdWords campaign, they're going to bend over backwards to make sure your AdWords campaign is spectacular. Because right. when you when you win on Google, where's your they, marketing money going to be going yeah, back they to? they win too. Wow. That's right. Yeah, they, exactly. They, have we ever called Google? Oh, yeah. We've called Google. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's always funny, you know, is to watch in these groups, these detailers post their pictures of their work and stuff. And I'm like, you know, if you take that time you're spending into these groups, and then they usually argue about whatever, something in there, and to go yes. spend that on your own personal page and, and, and actually 
or, or your business page and, and actually get something from this of so people that are not going to argue with you, like your customers, and, yeah. and, and put that effort into your company. So, Well, my question is how do I know you're a detailer if you don't have a profile picture with you holding the polisher? You know, there's no way for me to know that you're a detailer. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, I confuse people with the bow tie, so it really yeah, screws right? up. But uh, yeah, no, definitely. You know, detailers are very much into instant gratification. It's part of who we are. It's part of what we do. We like to see it things exactly. shine, and we like to show off that hey, I made something shine. We did this. Yep. Yeah. From the customer's perspective, their idea of what our idea of detailing is two completely it's total, different it, things. It's totally different. It's totally yeah. different. And when you realize that and what they're willing to pay for versus what you're trying to accomplish, usually those are on two different ends of the spectrum and you've got to find their end because you're going to overwork and you know there's no amount of money that you can charge because they're just not willing to pay for the level of what you're willing to go <laughs> in most cases. <laughs> exactly. And you know a lot of detailers get caught up in the, my customer wants it to be perfect. Well, oh, your customer yeah. thought the car driving out of the showroom floor was perfect. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I have a question. Um, detailers, uh, to understand, you know, we're talking about business, we're talking about whether you're making money or losing money. For them to understand, you know, losing profits or, or making money, um, they got to look into their business. What do you? What are some of the tactics that you would uh, suggest for them to audit and then, you know, uh, use to measure that success? Obviously, not well, just their checking account. Yeah. First of all. Check your, you know, how many hours are you working? If you're working more than 40 hours a week, you're doing something wrong. Um, you know, old saying in my family is there's 24 hours in a day. You have eight hours to work, eight hours to spend with family and friends, eight hours to sleep, and eight hours to make love. <laughs> the first one is the least important. All right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, my, yeah. You know, my, my grandparents had very colorful sayings. They also had 20 kids. So, but. Oh yeah, it was a big family. The uh, but my grandfather always said, "Excellence or sorry, perfection kills. Excellence is better." And by that he meant that if you're striving for perfection, you're never going to get there. You're going to die right. before you reach perfect. But strive for excellence. And like I mentioned before, you know, profits are an integral part of good customer service. You need to be profitable. And the big mistake that a lot of detailers make when they're making their pricing up. They might know their cost for utilities and products and rent and all that stuff, and that's easy to figure out. But then, how do I pay myself? Yeah, well, right. what I always suggest is calculate all your your expenses. So you know the the utilities, the uh, the rent, the marketing, the phones, the lights, all that fun stuff. Then on top of that, add a hundred thousand. Because as a business owner, if you're not making a hundred thousand dollars a year take-home wage or gross wage, sorry, you're doing something wrong. Finally, multiply that number by one point three. So add thirty percent to that number. Once you've got that all figured out, then divide it by nineteen hundred and twenty. And nineteen hundred and twenty is the the number of hours worked in a year. Mm -hmm. If you're working five days a week eight hours a day and taking statutory holidays and two weeks vacation. Mm -hmm. That is when you'll know what your hourly rate has to be. And a lot of people have done that calculation, thought that by charging $50 an hour, I'll be a millionaire, realize that they're losing money every time they go under $96 an hour or every time they go yeah. under $110 an hour. Absolutely. So, you know, calculate your wage into that. Calculate your profits into that. If you have something over and above that at the end, even better. But don't go below that number. That's right. That's great advice, man. Fantastic advice. Um, where are we at over here? I'm sorry. I was just in, in just, in that we're, right there. <laughs> you know, seeing the industry change over the years. And, you know, so as more people come into the detail sector, how do we get them to understand that this isn't just a car wash? Like that to take it that – well, and I think that you have both ends. I think that there's opportunity for the high volume – you know, car washes. No, absolutely, it's yeah. a huge market. But the ones that are more focused on the professional side, the detailing side of it, you know, how do we, how do we, I guess, uh, figure out your place in that? You know, do do we let the detailers kind of? I mean, how do we let them figure that out? Unfortunately, you know, they sort of have to figure it out themselves. Now, mm -hmm. 
there's a lot of companies like yourselves, like myself, doing our best to, as soon as come into the detailing fold, here, come with us, we'll, mm -hmm. we'll show you another way. Uh, but they, you know, unfortunately get caught up in the Facebook groups and the chat rooms and all that fun stuff where they see other people just boosting their ego and posting the same crap over and over and mm -hmm. over again. Uh, I actually make a video, I made a video to post and I have a, you know, a hyperlink to it. It's very quick for me to, to put on any post when I see how much should I charge for this? Well, uh -huh. I have an answer to it. And, you know, I think that's the most common question we see in it any is. of the, the, you know, the more professional detailing groups, mm -hmm. uh, other than, you know, what's the best wax, what's the best coding. So, but, or, more, uh, or more recently, what's the best software? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, CRM. You know, yeah, there's a you know a lot of uh, a lot of advantages to having CRM, and it's something that you know the the newer detailers coming in already have a grasp of what a CRM can be. Mm -hmm. uh, people my age, eh, we're still pen and paper. So yeah, yeah, and 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 rightfully so. Like you know, I I came up pen and paper, but I was always very um, I wanted to put processes in place that would be automated as much as possible, and I didn't have to be hands-on. Anything that I don't have to be hands-on, I can pass off. And, exactly. And, you know, estimates and scheduling and that kind of thing, if we could make a, make something that would, you know, automate a lot of that, it that was a no-brainer for me. And when we built Detail Bookie, by the way, this is not a pitch for the software. We don't we do not do that on the show, believe it or not. Um, yeah. Uh, we, we really don't. Uh, but uh, but I, I built it not to sell to other detailers. I built it to run my shop. And, uh, right. and and specifically just for that. And once I realized how well it worked and what it did, where it took me from, you know, from here to, to, to you know, there was unbelievable. And so I, it definitely has a, a place in the market. But I, I, I get both sides because I've been on both sides. I've had it where, you know, a dry erase board with 100 clips and we had paper tickets hanging on the wall and, you know, we did the pen and paper thing, and there's, you know, yeah. hey, it was it, we became efficient at that, but then we took the next level. So all of those clips get loose, and every once in a while you have a ticket to fall behind. The <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, or you have, or you have, if you're familiar with the marine or um, boat world, we have four blue sea hunts on the lot. Four blue sea hunts, and we didn't yeah. take enough information at the time to distinguish the, between the four. <laughs> And so it's like, okay, we have a ticket here for a blue sea hunt. Let's go ahead and start that one. And we look up, and there's four of them. And they're all yeah. identical. And we're like, oh, shit. What do we do? <laughs> Call the owner and go, uh, so which one of these is yours? <laughs> you got your initials on it somewhere. Yeah, that I'd be able to identify going, it. Through the, going through the uh, registration, trying to figure out who owns what. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, one thing, uh, that actually can become a marketing opportunity as well. Uh, what I used to do, and if you don't have employees – I really suggest you don't do this. But if you have employees and you have a customer that's a good potential for coding, simply take a one-year coding or a two-year coding. They're inexpensive. They're just as easy to apply as a wax. Mm -hmm. And we would just put the coding on the car. But at the same time, we tell the customer, my technician accidentally put a ceramic coating on your car. Yeah. Now, if you don't like it, call me back in three weeks and we'll remove it and replace it with a wax. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever called to replace no. the wax. No, nope. they called to book another vehicle and another vehicle and another vehicle. So that's right. We stopped offering wax about 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, even if the customer asked for a wax, we'd still put a coating on it. And oh, my employee screwed up. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. Then the next time they come back and say, "I really like that coating, but you said you had something better, right?" Exactly. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we've done similar, uh, you know, in, in the years past, and you think about all the things you do to, you know, just to get the word out or show people how well something works. And it, yeah. it's funny. I don't think I've ever blamed it on a, an employee, <laughs> but we've definitely done the, oh, by the way, we accidentally did this and, and really just to watch. And, and, and then, then immediately, I mean, the, the payback's almost immediate, you know, when you, when you put oh, definitely. that out there. So. That, and, um, so with all the YouTube trainers out there, you know, these training classes are popping up all over the country. I mean, there's, mm -hmm. it seems like there's one every single week somewhere. Um, Good. Do, do you see, right, do you see the, the way that you kind of approach your trainings um, through the academy focusing on the business aspect of it as, as much as, or, it, you know, at least in the same field of the, the detailing part of it? 
Well, the when I do the the hands-on training, so I do one-on-one coaching, you know, over Zoom or a phone call. That's more business-oriented. But the hands-on training is definitely hands-on, and let's get you, you know, let's get a polisher in your hand as soon as possible. I don't like the lecture style of teaching. Um, yeah. Your class or on your uh, podcast at all, but uh, Mike and I are the same thread in that. When someone starts with our training, you know, let's say this training starts at eight a.m. by yeah, maybe five after eight, they're already washing your car. Yes, there's none. Yes, there's no blah blah, none of that. But my training, I go a little differently. So yes, I attract detailers into. I'm going to teach you how to wet sand. I'm going to teach you how to polish better. All that fun stuff. But my goal is to make them into entrepreneurs. So all the time I'm teaching, I'm also explaining why we're doing it this way. How can this benefit your business, et cetera, et cetera. And I normally do a two-day training. So the first day goes from 8 a.m. to somewhere between 10 and 11 p.m. And the reason I go that long is from 8 till 5, we're hands-on. From 5 o'clock to 10 or 11 o'clock, it's sitting down talking about business over supper. Mm-hmm. That has uh, also stopped people from going out and getting drunk that night and showing up late the next morning for training. Well, uh, that so happens? I, yeah, it's occasionally <laughs> happened. Uh, and actually, it only happened to me once, and that's when I extended my class. You know, Instead of ending at 5 and everybody going their own way, no, 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 no. You're here till basically someone tells me to shut up. Right. And sometimes it's gone till 1 o'clock in the morning. Well, and I then the next morning, we start at 8. By 5 o'clock, everyone's heading home. But the whole goal of it is to show them efficiencies in ways that they've never seen efficiency before. And so the hands-on portion, yes, it's about polishing. It's about making paint as, you know, as glossy and as perfect as they can. <laughs> but at the same time, it's how can you do this profitably? How can you satisfy your customers in the way you're doing it? And then you know, always relating it back to marketing and sales and customer satisfaction. So. You know, and I love that, man. I, you know, talking to you, it's it's uh, it's nice uh, to to speak to someone that that talks the business side of things instead of you know how how perfect paint can actually be polished, um, because as fun as that sounds, you know, that doesn't pay the bills a, a lot, you know. And so, it's no. nice to it's nice to speak with someone with you know the the same ideas and and all, and and, and definitely look up to you. Um, and and appreciate you coming on the show, by the way. Uh, so if someone was interested in your trainings, how would they go about finding you? Uh, well, on YouTube, they just have to look up Detailers Business Academy. Okay. Uh, I also have a Facebook group that's Detailers Business Academy. And then, uh, you know, just my name. You can look on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram, on so you can uh, be found you know, whatever, pretty much anywhere. Whatever yeah. platform. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not hard to find. Have you uh, made I've it been to TikTok yet? Omnipresent. Oh, I'm sorry. Have you made it to TikTok yet? <laughs> yes. Actually, right. I haven't. My, my boss is on TikTok. Okay. Okay. Uh, so yeah. As you know, I try. You know, I live in a tour bus. We travel in a tour bus, uh-huh. and the bus has a has its own YouTube channel, has its own no TikTok, has its own uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, oh, personally, like, I'm uh, not on TikTok because yeah. it, it would just be a talking head and it'd be boring. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> same here. Well, listen. Like I said, uh, I really appreciate you coming on, Ivan. Uh, I've I've looked up to you for a long time. It's glad to finally meet you. I guess face to face in our virtual world, and, yep. uh, and and talk business with you, talk detailing with you. Um, so appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to to come on here and and, and shout at us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, right. thank you. All right, we'll see you see you soon. Um, so. Man, what an awesome, what an awesome guy! Like, that was he, a kindred spirit, wasn't it? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, he he gets it. Yeah, yeah, he gets it. I love that. And you know, like I, I hope detailers stuck around and to listen to all yeah. of it. You, you, they got to flip the switch. Yeah. You know, the switch has to be flipped if you want to if you want to be successful with it and grow it past just the owner operator style. I think that you could operate. You know, you could detail by yourself. And, and, you know, kind of limp through and make it mm-hmm. without having much business experience or, or, or want. Um, but if you want to grow anything past that, you really got to understand the business out of it. 
Yeah, and when know? he said he kind of gave you the figure of what you should be making, you know, yeah, yeah. it's like $100,000 a year, you know, I wanted to ask him what the um, going rate was for software salesmen. Um, yeah. But we didn't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> 15 <laughs> Well, man, that was a lot of fun, yeah. but, you know, this is my favorite part. What? What time is it? Hey. Or heck. All right. Of course it's hack or hack. That's right. That's right, guys. So today, most detailers start out washing and rinsing cars with a garden hose. But when you know better, you do better. The garden hose uses 10 times the water of a pressure washer. So Uh it just makes sense, right? Sense. Ah, see what you did there. So go get yourself switch to a pressure washer. Look at this. Oh. No, <laughs> this is great. This is great. So, uh, so what we have here, Chris, is showing the difference in. Uh, and Chris, by the way, is an awesome guy that puts together our videos for Hacker Hack, and he's doing a fantastic job with these. But showing you the difference between regular water pressure and a power washer, and you can see there the tip. A lot of people say, well, the pressure washer is is dangerous. You can see that our tip fans out very wide, and so it doesn't allow much direct pressure which would cause you know which was minimizes our risk now disclaimer you can still peel paint you can still burn plastics or cut plastics you can still mess stuff up be careful with a pressure washer or a power washer um, because you can absolutely get too close you can absolutely uh, uh, peel paint hey thanks for coming on Thank Ivan you, so um, you can absolutely mess things up however you know, when we talk about efficiency and we talk about things that help you, hacks, power washers are a no-brainer. Um, one other thing, though, make sure that tip is pushed oh. into the gun all the way. If you've detailed for any length of time with a power washer, you probably had this happen to you. You shove the tip in it and squeeze the trigger, and the tip shoots out at, like, rocket launch oh, speed. Wow. And if it's aimed towards the car, it's going to hit, and it's going to ding, and it's going to chip the paint. It's going to happen. I promise you. So make sure it's pushed in all the way, and always test it down towards the ground. Smart. If it pops off, it hits the ground. No big deal. That's genius, man. Well, well that's what I do. I'm just here for the. Gosh. I'm just here for the brains. Every day, I'm the brains I, of this I operation. New. Well, that's, yeah. there's no doubt about that. I'm the, I'm I hired the, you from the neck down. You <laughs> 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 all right. No. So great hack. Uh, listen, guys. I mean, that seems like a pretty obvious one, right? But you know, we're we're speaking to detailers of all different uh, experience levels. levels. They may be new. They may not even know they can use a power washer. That's what we want to give you guys things that some. Uh, we want that, you to take something home with yeah. you. Put it in to practice and, so, and become better so here's the reality if you're stuck in the middle of the woods and all you have is a car to detail yeah and a power washer okay go ahead and use that power washer to rinse that Truth car off God. yeah yeah you can do it, you can do it. it's, it's definitely it's confirmed it's that's a, a hack yeah that it's a hack. a hack it's yeah. a hack okay that's gonna wrap up this episode uh next week we'll be coming live from sdc so you're gonna uh, want to stop by and check out our booth? Kick it with us for a little bit, right. um, and uh, of course, don't forget you can follow us on all the pod- pod- podcast platforms. We're everywhere. You, we'll yeah. have a link tree soon that you can just go to the link tree, and it'll have every every link there. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So come by and uh, check us out, and uh, uh, hopefully, we see a lot of people there at SCC. We're super excited about. it. I think it's going to be a great show, and uh, if we don't see you there, we'll see you back the next Friday right. here on set, back in the old. Sarah Lynn, Alabama. So we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.